I love a good podcast, as you know, and I'm always happy to share resources for parents who are looking for creative, smart content that both entertains and offers enrichment for curious kids everywhere. So I'm happy to let you know about this awesome new show from the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, The Adventurous World of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes that kids like ours love, like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. And episodes transport kids into iconic periods in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England. So cool. New episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a perfect length for those car rides, for meal times, for break times, and bedtimes. What I love about this show is that it's kind of like listening to a book on tape. The story is captivating and includes lots of problems listeners can try to solve. The voice actors are fantastic, and the math concepts are seamlessly weaved into the narrative. It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. A lot of people assume it's, you know, the it's uh, cleanliness or it's about being neat or, you know, somebody who likes things tidy. And it's so much more than that. And it takes many different forms. And it's not anything, I guess the thing I would say, it's not anything you would ever wish on your enemy. It's painful, it's torturous, and it's not a joke. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today I'm bringing you a conversation with writer and filmmaker Chris Bayer, whose experience as the parent of a teen with obsessive compulsive disorder inspired him to produce the film Unstuck, an OCD kids movie. Unstuck is a short film that lets kids and teens speak truthfully about OCD and explain how they learn to face their fears and regain control of their lives. In our conversation, Chris shares his personal why behind making this film, talks about his family's experience supporting their teen daughter, and describes how this film is helping to bring awareness of OCD and its common misconceptions. OCD is a topic new to this podcast, and I learned so much from this conversation and was inspired by the heart and passion that Chris brings to his work on behalf of kids living with OCD. I hope you enjoy our conversation, and then definitely go check out Chris's film, Unstuck. And a few quick announcements before I get to that. Today, there is a brand new section of the Tilt Parenting website. I am launching Tilt Education. So if you are engaged in the Tilt Parenting community, you know that a little over a year ago, I began collecting data and insights about schools that work well for differently wired kids. And so today, I'm excited to share the results of that effort, the largest, most comprehensive listing of schools that work well for neurodivergent learners available, featuring personal testimonials from parents who have firsthand knowledge of the schools to better help parents trying to find a fit for their child with their decision-making process. 
Putting together this database has been a tremendous undertaking, and so I am thrilled to finally be able to make this available to you. And I intend for this to be a growing resource. So when you go to the school listing page, if a school that you know of that works well for differently wired kids is not included, you can also submit that school recommendation yourself. Also on Tilt Education, you'll find a discussion guide for differently wired for use with PTAs and reading groups and a playlist of education-related podcast episodes. There's also a section that's just for educators, and that includes a list of must-listen-to and must-read resources to help teachers and administrators better identify and understand the neurodivergent students they teach. To check out the school listings and all of these new resources at Tilt Education, just go to tiltparenting.com education. All right, let's get on to the interview. Here is my conversation with Chris Baer. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Well, I'm so glad you reached out to me about your film Unstuck. And I just have to say for listeners and and, and apologize publicly that I took a long time to get back to Chris, but I kept it in my inbox because I was like, I need to check this out. This is really important conversation to bring to the show. So thank you for your patience with me. I just want to say that. And I would love it if you could take just a few minutes to introduce yourself. I've read your bio, but just tell us a little bit about who you are in the world. Absolutely. Um, Hello, everybody. My name is Chris and my family. We live in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, our journey with obsessive compulsive disorder started about six years ago. Uh, My daughter was diagnosed and we spent uh, a summer just trying to figure out what was going on and how to get her help and going to, you know, different therapists and doctors and researching and trying to find everything we could about the disorder. And it took, I would say, about two years for us to really kind of right the ship and and get her to a, a better place and get her to a situation where she was really being able to face her fears and and overcome the main things that she was worried about. And during that time, uh, we had done a number of things. Uh, we had, you know, joined any group we could, um, meeting other parents online, as well as creating our own parenting group here in Brooklyn. Um, we we realized immediately that uh, not only did she need help, but uh, we needed help too. We needed other parents that were going through similar situations that we were to kind of bounce ideas off of and laugh and cry and share and um, so there was a lot of personal education growth with our family because obsessive compulsive disorder is um, a mental health thing that kind of affects the whole family, not just the person that gets it. It wants to take over the family's life. And so you kind of have to involve the whole family together. So it took a lot. Uh, I have uh, my oldest daughter who has OCD and I have a younger daughter. Um, she was affected greatly by not only my daughter's issues, but their relationship changed and our relationship changed. So there was a lot of stuff we had to deal with. And uh, one of the first parents to come to our parent support group was Kelly Anderson, who is a filmmaker. Right now, she's Dean of Media Studies at Hunter College. Uh, and it was like the five minutes after I met Kelly, she was like, I'm a filmmaker. I know there's a film in, OC- in, the, in this issue. I just don't know what it is yet. And it took a little while. Uh, our kids ended up going to the same um, OCD camp later that summer. 
And one day they were coming home in the car ride and they were um, my daughter, Vanessa, and her daughter were having a very kind of adult discussion about their issues and things that they've lost and what things they've gotten over and how it works. And the idea just hit Kelly. Uh, we're just going to these kids know what they're talking about. They're knowledgeable. They're educated. We're just going to sit them down and we're going to talk to them about OCD and we're going to get their impressions and create a film that allows people to see the journey from how it affected me to how it affected my family to how therapy works. And at the time, there really wasn't any media and um, or any film that kind of described that and gave parents and kids, you know, an idea of a there's other people like me and b there's a path to kind of get from a bad place to a good place. And we didn't want to show kids being sensationalized. It was just, a, you know, they're talking from a, a position of empowerment and education. So um, that's how we kind of got the idea to create Unstuck, an OCD kids movie. And it came out in 2017. It took about a year and a half to create it and interview the kids and edit it. And um, we were lucky enough to premiere it and be the keynote address at the 2017 International OCD Foundation Conference in San Francisco. And we had all the kids from the film out there, and it was a really good chance to kind of uh, introduce the film to the community. And uh, since then, we've been fortunate enough to share the message throughout the world, uh, whether it's via social media or visiting other countries uh, or talking on podcasts like this. It's been really uh, a great experience for us going from this position of uh, not knowing anything to being able to give back to people that helped us. It's fantastic. I love that story. And yeah, I, I feel like OCD is one of those things that there are a lot of myths about. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what it actually is. It's certainly been something that people kind of offhandedly say, oh, I'm so OCD. Right. It's been sensationalized or it's been kind of the quirk of characters in certain media. And so could you even just as a way to take a step back I'm sure that you have a great definition of what OCD is or, you know, what, what actually is it? You mentioned it's a, it's a mental health condition. Um, say more about how it's defined. Sure. Obsessions would be the things that worry you, concern you. They can be thoughts, urges, images that might occur in your brain, uh, that cause intense and severe anxiety. Uh, and then the compulsions. Uh, can be physical or mental, and or I should say compulsions can be physical and or mental. Um, and they're, they're the way you try to relieve the anxiety that's caused by the obsession. So that's why it's obsessive and compulsion with the obsession comes some kind of action ritual that you're trying to do to relieve that anxiety. And somebody with OCD, the compulsion might temporarily get rid of the anxiety. And it's becomes an action that you continue and repeat and that and eventually it usually grows and becomes more elaborate and can take over uh somebody's life uh, for example my daughter has contamination ocd so it can be it can take in different forms uh, when she first started and ocd first was in her life she was fearful of poisons and um, she became afraid of certain trees on our block that had bottles next to them and she immediately thought those were poisonous so she would um you know she would avoid them completely um there were clothes that she couldn't wear uh and then she would you know wash her hands sometimes she would uh constantly ask us questions seeking reinsurance that she's okay and that was kind of her 
um, the obsession or the contamination was the issue. And then the compulsion was asking us reassurance questions. You know, am I okay? Am I all right? Am I poisonous? Is this going to kill me? Um, so it, to your point earlier about it being misunderstood, a lot of people assume it's, you know, the it's uh, cleanliness or it's about being neat or, you know, somebody who likes things tidy. Um, and it's so much more than that. And it takes many different forms. And it's not anything, I guess the thing I would say, it's not anything you would ever wish on your enemy. It's painful. It's torturous. And, you know, it's, it's not a joke. Uh, one of our friends that we've met through the OCD community says, um, you know, OCD isn't an adjective. And it kind of allows you to kind of realize that, oh, it's not something you want to put in place of. You think you're, it's not, I'm so OCD, it's I'm so anal, I'm so meticulous, uh, I'm so organized. Uh, can be different. And that's why it's, I think it can get misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about your process when you were discovering this was going on, because I can imagine, I mean, with my community of parents who are, their kids are in some way developing atypically, right? There's something going on that they're not thriving. And so parents, I think when we're first confronted with this information, however it shows up, be it behavior or whatever, we have to go through our own process. Like, is this something that I need to attend to? Is this just my child being, you know, is this a conscious choice? Is this purposeful? Like, what? Are, where is this coming from? And so could you take us back to that time in your life? And, and what was your process like of recognizing, okay, this is, there's something going on here. And there's something, this isn't a choice that my daughter's making, but there's something actually that we need to address. Sure. I mean, everybody's story is different, but ours, um, it it was towards the end of uh, third grade and school was almost over. And um, Vanessa hadn't really shown any issues. Uh, We, school was over. My brother who lived on the West Coast was in for a week and we had taken her out to spend a week with my, my, um, my brother who was vacationing here. And um, suddenly in the middle of the week, we get a call and my brother's like, you know, my, my, my nephew had gotten a tick and, um, you know, everything's fine with him, but Vanessa saw that and won't come out of the house. She's hiding from him. She's moving furniture. She's avoiding him. She's really scared. She's starting to ask all these questions. And so we just thought, okay, she got scared and we talked with her and we calmed her down and we thought, okay, everything's going to be okay. You know, two days later we were all together as a family. Everything seemed okay. And it just got progressively worse. Uh, Different things kept happening at school. She started being afraid of rocks. She started um, calling us in the middle of the day. You know, are you guys okay? I stepped on a crack in the street. I I think I might have. Uh, Are you guys okay? Are you hurt? Um, Constantly being on the phone. And it wasn't just like a question. It was like questions that repeated over and over. We couldn't kind of talk her down from this anxiety and this heightened state and this heightened worriness that she had. And we really didn't know what was going on. And fortunately for us, uh, she's very vocal and was telling us a lot about what was going on. And because we were her sounding board, we were aware of what was going on. And she was aware of it. And at one point, she said, I, I don't like how I'm feeling. I'm scared. You have to get me help. Um, which I think was really, in hindsight, fortunate for us because we said, okay, we have to really take this seriously. It's not just, 
she's going through a thing or having a panic attack, you know, we have to take this seriously because, you know, she's vocalizing it. And that really got us into action a lot faster um, to really start doing research, figuring out what it was, going to our pediatrician, asking friends. Um, and that's kind of really what kicked us into high gear as far as getting finding out about obsessive compulsive disorder. Was it hard to find information? I mean, I for so many of these differences, it can be hard to just even navigate resources and finding the right therapist and, and support. So what was that like for you? Well, go- the Google machine, as I'll joke, uh, you know, Google was really helpful for us as far as finding books that we could read. And at the time, a few people who were doing videos on it, but it was really about, you know, what are the good books for kids? And what are good books for parenting that at least tell you what obsessive compulsive disorder is, how it manifests in different ways, how therapy works, you know, it explains a process called exposure response prevention, um, or ERP. And that kind of by by using research and kind of understanding that there were some books out there that we could read to Vanessa and she could read to other family members and that we could read, we started to learn more about it. And then once you understand that there's a bit of a treatment out there, then you start asking, okay, it's not, I, I don't just need a talk therapist or an art therapist. Initially, we got her into an art therapist. And uh, another boast of luck for us was the art therapist said to us initially, I don't think I can help her. I think she has OCD. I'm not trained for that. Um, I'll help you until you can find somebody that can really take care of her. And that was really fortunate for us because there are a lot of times where you might go with somebody and they don't admit to you they can help or they just drag it on. Or um, So that really helped us. And then it just uh, a, a lot of hours manning the phones, uh, finding therapists that were trained to treat OCD, understood what it was, could talk knowledgeably about, honestly, interviewing therapists like we were hiring them for a job. And it seems weird to think that way when you're talking to somebody who's gone to school and is is a professional and has earned a degree. But we started interviewing them, you know, and meeting with them and, and trying to get a feel for could they really talk the talk and really help our daughter. And we were fortunate enough to find somebody in Manhattan. So even in a city with, I don't know, 10 to 15 million people, we still had to travel an hour by subway to find the right therapist at the time. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people in our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for limited time at ritual.com tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. 
That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. And so you talked about treatment. So what is the typical treatment for OCD or the, the one that you found to be successful? Um, the, yeah, the one is the, the kind of the quote unquote gold standard. The, the one that is most evidence-based is called exposure and response prevention therapy. It's a type of cognitive behavioral therapy where you're basically exposing yourself to the fear that you have. And uh, also kind of limiting and cutting back on, over time, the compulsions that you're doing. An example of ERP uh, was my daughter, who I mentioned before, was, uh, was afraid of some trees on our street. So it started with something very simple, like we would uh, look at pictures of trees on the internet. Uh, or we would watch videos of like a uh, tree blowing in the wind or something like that. Very low-level anxiety. And we did that for a while, and then eventually we got to, okay, we're going to be at the end of the block, and then we're going to be one step in the block, and then we're going to be, you know, progressively getting closer and closer, and doing things that cause a little more anxiety, and you're kind of habituating yourself to this anxiety, exposing yourself to the thing you fear, and eventually your, your body kind of gets used to it. And you're constantly kind of pushing yourself. So in a lot of ways, it's it's hard as a parent to watch your kid because they are. It's not the way you instinctively parent. You know, go put the kid in front of the thing that they fear the most, and then do it over and over and over again. And then when they are okay with something, you go, okay, we're going to take it a step further. Um, And you're trying to retrain the brain show the person that OCD isn't telling the truth. The thing they fear is not going to happen. And it takes for us, it, you know, that's one specific example. It took about nine months or so for, from us to first starting with a picture on the internet to getting to the point where she's actually hugging the tree and totally okay with understanding that it won't cause her contamination. Hmm. 
I'm I'm just so interested in your family experience too, and your daughter. Yeah, I love how articulate she is. And she obviously has, you know, in the film, this incredible self awareness, and is so expressive. And there is a conversation with her, I guess, younger sister. Yes, I'm really interested in knowing more about that. Because again, I hear from so many parents who really struggle with the sibling dynamic and the toll that that the difference can take on that relationship. So can you talk a little bit about that dynamic and where they are now and and how you guys managed that? There were a few things that we were able to do as a family and, and, and OCD does want to take over the family. It, it, you know, Vanessa wanted all our time and Charlotte wasn't allowed to kind of get as much attention. And she uh, advocated for herself and said, I, you know, I want to be helpful. I want to help my sister. I want to be involved in what's going on. And she was six years old at the time. So little by little, we would read books to her. Um, but we, we kind of realized if we're going to tackle this thing, we're going to do it as a family. And so we had our kind of little family mantra that, um, you know, a family that fights OCD together can beat OCD together. So Charlotte would get involved in some of the exposures that we would do. Um, we used to try to make the exposures as fun as possible or as irresistible irresistible as possible so we try to do things as a family together we would bowl for chemicals you know chemicals with contamination and could kill you so we would bowl for them we would um at one point my daughter was afraid of certain foods so it was like okay here's the thing normally i will tell you as a parent you can't have a food fight but with this certain food you can have a food fight you can mess up our entire house (laughs) and um we would do that together. They threw food at us. We'd throw food at them, um, you know, spray each other in the face with water, whatever it was required and the things that we could do to make it fun. Um, but it does hurt, you know, the sibling. Uh, it, it's kind of like um, a side casualty to this whole thing because they can be – their relationship has changed. Uh, there was times when Vanessa was afraid of her sister, wouldn't go near her, which is heartbreaking. And, you know, they share a room together. So how do you manage that? Um, it just took a lot of time and you kind of work with it. Um, we tried to see OCD as an enemy and that everybody could, um, look at as something that we can all tackle. Uh, and Charlotte was given the opportunity to ask questions. Um, there was a couple times where she had her own sessions with my daughter's therapist, uh, where she could ask questions, um, and, you know, do what she could to kind of help and advocate for her sister and also participate in any way we that she could but it certainly is hard to kind of navigate no matter what the issue is uh the sibling dynamics and how you can make time for both and you know i'm not saying we do it perfectly because there definitely still is issues uh, that we have to deal with but um you know we, we tried to give our youngest daughter charlotte as much attention and um you know become a part of the process as much as possible mm-hmm um, and you know that that was a it's a it's a big point in the film when they're kind of talking. She talks about how you know it affected her and their relationship. And we have met with other therapists who do have siblings, and so we've kind of launched a page on our website that does talk to siblings and does kind of talk about ways they can help. And it is kind of a thing that we are trying to do more of and and uh, help more more families understand how to integrate parents as well. This past summer, actually. I know I'm droning on and on, but um, we're actually, for the first time at the OCD conference, we actually had three or four siblings-specific events 
where only siblings were allowed and siblings could talk to each other and meet each other. And I think that was a, a nice bonding experience for them. Yeah. And I know that as a parent too, it must be really tricky to, to navigate that. I mean, that's what I hear from so many parents is feeling just daunted by the task of trying, you know, they're, they're so concerned about maintaining the integrity of that relationship or the health of their children's relationship with each other. And then recognizing like, wow, we're putting a lot of effort into, you know, accommodations or support or therapy for this one child and the other kid is getting a shaft. And I'm just wondering as a parent and with your partner, like, how has that been for you? And how have you supported yourself through that? I mean, it certainly tests a relationship. My wife and I, uh, you know, there were certain nights when whatever happened with work or the day, it was like, I can't deal with this. You have to deal with this. And you you kind of tag team in and out and who can handle it sometimes and, and has the mental capacity to deal with whatever's going on at the moment. It is a lot of work and effort. It requires an intense amount of communication, I think that, uh, but there's certain things that I think we just realized early on that it wasn't a sprint. It was a long-term thing. And that that kind of helped give us perspective to know that we're not going to be perfect every night. It's going to be a lot of trial and error. And, you know, we'll find things that work and we'll stick to those. And if when those things don't work, we'll find something else. So when you are, when you're realizing that it might, it's not a quick fix, there's not like um, a shot you can get or a book you can read and everything's fine. It's a process that it helps you kind of go, okay, this worked, this didn't, let's try this and understand that it's something that you're working with over time. So you don't have to rush it and you keep going and you stick with, you know, a plan. And part of that is making time for other siblings, making time for yourself. My wife, you know, I would, was like, I'm going to run. I wanted to make sure I kept doing that. My wife would sometimes get massages, things you could do to do your own self-care as well as be like, okay, we're going to take your sister to a movie. If you don't want to come, you know, we'll figure, but giving each person their own time as much as possible, even if that's just a, a half a block walk to the store to get ice cream. <laughs> that's my favorite kind of self-care right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for, for answering. I, that was a sure. personal question, but I appreciate you sharing that, you know, this is where my, my people are. It's where I am. And, and so I, I just think it's really validating to hear that we're all kind of going through this and it's hard. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. It's hard to do, like, something happens and you immediately go, oh, my God, what is this going to mean about the future in uh, school and college or jobs? And how are they going to be a functioning adult? But then the reality is, like, it's all about get through today, get through tomorrow. And, the you know, my wife and I, are, you know, would sometimes say to each other, um, the future is tomorrow's problem. You know, let's get through the moment. The future is maybe a week away or a month away when things were really bad. It was like, okay, we got to buckle down. And some things like that can help you get through those tough times when you realize that's not a problem that I have to deal with. I got to deal with, you know, uh, there's bigger issues that we have to worry about. And um, having that perspective can help. Yeah, I always say it's not even just taking it week by week or day by day, but sometimes it's minute by minute and that you can only focus on what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to just switch gears for a few minutes and talk a little bit more about the the kids that you featured in the film. I'm just wondering, they were all incredible. And I just really appreciated hearing their perspective. And I appreciated the approach to storytelling and just really letting them speak their truth and share their experience. So I'm wondering, what was that experience like for them? And how do they feel? And how does your daughter feel about about her story being out there and, and sharing this to support other people. Uh, I mean, I have to give a shout out to all the kids and their parents for understanding. And some of them, you know, were wanted to jump in and help right away. And some of them were very reluctant to, uh, to help, but all of them realized that, you know, by sharing their story, they could help other kids because they had all been to a place where they were lonely and realized that, um, there's a incredible amount of loneliness that comes through him. Um, nobody else goes through this. I, you know, uh, there's nobody else. There's no other kid that has to deal with this. And they all understood by telling their story, they could make a connection to another family, help another kid. Uh, they could further somebody else's process and not let somebody go through the same thing they did. So I think they all eventually realized that this was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it took a process to interview them. We, we, we were part of a few Facebook groups and some online email networks that we all eventually, and a lot of therapists help us find the right kids, interviewing them, making sure they understood and could talk about uh, what they were going through in an insightful way, in an educational way. And um, it was wonderful to see them when we premiered the film, uh, to have them all get on stage and get that um, standing ovation from the crowd. And then they signed autographs afterwards. So they had their little Oscar moment, which was <laughs> wonderful. And then afterwards we've had them actually, a lot of them have spoken at different events. Uh, 
whether it was uh, people flying us in for events or them um, being asked to do podcasts or their own screenings. Uh, so they've all become little advocates here or there. And, you know, it's not like um, I don't want to make it seem like they don't still have issues because OCD is something that can pop up. And it is sometimes like whack-a-mole where one issue has gone and something else completely different pops up. But they all, I think, have realized that their story has helped others. And they're, you know, in some ways, they're, um, Ariel, who was probably the hardest person to convince to be in the film, ended up being somebody who uh, was starting her own groups at the end and actually calling us saying, hey, what are the other events I can get involved in? So it's nice to see that happen and um, hear their stories. I learned from them so much, uh, not just them, but the other kids I've interviewed. It just learned so much. They're all wise and they all have a good story to tell and different situations. So I, I just continually learn from them. So for me, it's, it's constant education. When I talk to any kid who's got OCD or been through or going through whatever issues they have. That's awesome. So cool. So if there are parents listening to this episode and they are, you know, I know that OCD can also show up with anxiety and or Tourette's or with other things. And yes, if there are parents who are listening who suspect this may be going on, what would you recommend would be the first thing that they do? Um, I mean, I would say if you think it's OCD, um, do research. Uh, that's your first uh, first line defense. Figure out, you know, what are symptoms to look for? There's a lot of resources out there, whether it's charity organizations or personal blogs, where you can kind of get a good outline of what to look for and things, your behaviors you might be seeing. And then call around and find a therapist that will, um, there's a, a test called uh, Yale Brown Obsessive Compulsive Disorder uh, Scale, or uh, God, I'm blanking on the name of the test, but uh, basically that's the assessment that a therapist will do for your child to figure out if it's OCD. And um, that's kind of the steps that you have to take. And once you get the diagnosis, you want to find a therapist that will work with you. Um, I think for for younger children, ERP, and definitely I think some younger teenagers, ERP can be something where you'd start with. And there are other types of treatments that you can try. But the first state, the first line of defense is getting educated about it finding resources that can help guide you to understanding and getting a diagnosis. Awesome. Thank you. So um, I want you to share where people can connect with, with you and find the film or if you have screenings and things, but is there anything that I didn't touch upon that you would want to make sure that we share in this episode? Yeah. Uh, well, first thing, please go see the film. It's uh, OCDkidsmovie.com. Um, we have not only you can stream the film there, but you can. we have a resources page. We can give a screening page where we might have some screenings. We have a, a sibling page. Uh, so we try to put as much stuff on the site that can help further your parental education or even help your kids uh, as much as possible. So that's OCDkidsmovie.com. We also have the film translated in five different languages. So, you know, Spanish, French, Portuguese. We had um, a therapist from Greece reach out to us. So we had it translated there, Russian, lots of different ways that we're trying, you know, to get it out there. So that would be the first thing. Then we also, I've done 19 hours of interviews since the film with other kids uh, from different countries and different parts of the U.S. who have OCD. So that's a note. We have a YouTube page, which you can watch all of those and get insights from kids themselves. 
and hear about their struggles. And then um, there's also a conference that I created called uh, OC Deconstruct. And it was four hours of talks from therapists that you can stream anytime. And it kind of goes through the process of how OC- what is OCD? What are intrusive thoughts? What's ERP? What's, how does medication work? And then how, you know, help with parenting. So um, those are, I would say, three main things are OCDKidsMovie.com, um, our OCD Kids Movie YouTube page, and then um, OCD Construct are three resources that can help get you started. Awesome. And listeners, I will have links to all of that on the show notes page too. So be sure to check that out and check out those awesome resources. I get so excited when I talk to guests who who have just gone all in, you know, who've created what they needed and in support of others. And it's so exciting to hear about all these resources and the YouTube channel and super generous and, and awesome. So just thank a you. shout out to you for doing that. And thank you so much for, again, reaching out to me and for coming on and sharing this. I know that this is something that impacts a lot of our family. So I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. And I just want to say to all your listeners, um, you are not alone. Your kids are not alone. Your best job is to advocate and be their cheerleader. And uh, when it comes to OCD, you know, it can be scary and frustrating and you might fear for your kid, but things can get better and there is hope and don't, don't ever lose that. And thank you so much for having me on. This was fantastic. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, where you can download the transcript, find links to Chris's film Unstuck, his YouTube channel, the OC Deconstruct Conference, and more, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 193. If you get a lot out of Tilt Parenting and would like to make a small monthly contribution to help cover the production costs associated with this show, it's really easy to do. Just go to patreon.com slash tillparenting and sign up. You can pledge 10, 5, or even just $2 a month. Again, that's patreon.com slash tillparenting. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating or a review for Tilt Parenting on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Those ratings and reviews help keep this podcast visible in an ever-growing sea of podcasts. Thank you so much for considering. And that's all for this week. For more information on Tilt Parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.